after we die? That's the question that's guided the human condition since we as a species could even recognize our own mortality. Do we go somewhere else? Does our consciousness just go out like a light bulb? Or do we just stay here? Is it possible that our collective being leaves our bodies and we inhabit the earth on a different plane? For centuries, all cultures have told similar depictions of encountering the other side. The inexplicable and intuitive feeling that you're not alone, that you're being watched, or that a late loved one still stands by your side. In this podcast, we're telling those stories, real encounters from real people, exploring the line between the living and the dead. Whether they are horrifying, enlightening, or tragic, this is Ghost. Hello and welcome to Ghosts. In this episode, we're going to hear a story about a family. There's Dan, the father, Cecily, the mother, and Amber and Bradley, their two young children. This story takes place around the early 2000s, and we are fortunate enough to have Dan and Cecily tell the story themselves. Without further ado, this is episode one, What Doesn't Speak, part one. The second I walked in that house, my world changed. Uh, There's, I've never recovered. So Dan comes home from the antique store with these boxes of beautiful porcelain and sterling silver antiques and he just drops them on the floor in my dining room and I was like what the F I keep this place like a museum why is this stuff laying here on the floor and he said oh I'm gonna sell it for this lady she walked into the antique store today and she was so sweet and she was like shuffling in apparently she has rheumatoid arthritis so she can barely walk and her hands are all crippled uh, Granita or something like that and I'm like okay I hope you make a lot of money and I hope it happens fast because I don't want this stuff just sitting here so that's how the relationship started with Dan and Granita um, she would bring him these boxes he would sell the stuff and then she you know he would pay her so she kept bringing nicer and nicer stuff and I guess she used to have her own antique store And she bought a lot of real estate and invested her money in real estate and then rented it out or sold it. So I was getting into real estate at the same time. So he introduced me to her. So Granita approaches me one day because we've become, you know, more acquainted. And she said, hey, I have a house that you and Dan should buy. Um, I would love to see you move into that house and buy it. So I said, okay, well, what's the story? And she said, it's really close to where you're living now. Um, It's just up the street. So I'll come over and we'll go up there together. But I have a problem with it. There's some tenants in there 
who have stopped paying their rent and I need you to help me evict them. I'm like, uh, okay. But I was in real estate working for a local company. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I can do that. And let's go look at it. So she came over. We drove up this windy road and it turns out it was like a mile from where I, maybe less than a mile from where we were living. Granita said, go knock on the door and tell the girl that I'm here and she hasn't paid the rent in a long time um, and we need her to pay or we need her to move. I'm like, okay. So I got out of the car, knocked on the back door. Um, something was creepy about the house from the beginning, but anyways, knocked on the back door. I see the white curtains pull open really fast and this like girl is staring at me with devil eyes. They're beady black and she's just like angry look. And I said, hi. And she's like staring at me angry. And I said, oh, Granita's here in the car. And I motioned back and she saw her and then instantly her face like, oh, hi. And she opened and her whole, everything about her changed when she saw Granita. And Granita just waved, didn't get out of the car, um, just waved. I knew something was going on, but I couldn't figure out what was going on. I said, so uh, Granita is asking about her rent. And um, if you don't, you know, pay her soon, she's going to have to ask you to move. And she said, oh, I know, I know. We've had some trouble. It's been really hard. Um, okay, we're going to try to do it or or we'll just make arrangements to move. Anyways, fine, done. So they notified us that they were going to start moving out. Um, took them a while, but then once the house was cleared, I went up there to check it out and, you know, felt it out and could I live there? Um, I liked it. It was really cute. It had a pretty view. Um, hardwood floors and charming. And I was starting to warm up to it. But we were still in a lease down the street and couldn't couldn't uh, move out yet. So I said, why don't I do a short-term lease up here? I'll find somebody for you. And then when they're done, our lease will be up and we can move up here and then maybe buy it. She's like, yes, that's a great idea. Find me a short-term lease. So um, we went back down the hill. I was at home later that night, and I was in my dining room, my favorite place in my house, and I was just looking out the window. I probably did that 10 times a day. And I looked up from my dining room window, and directly in my line of sight was the house that I had just been to and I had never noticed it before but it was like perfectly lined up with the house that we lived in um so I went up there with my little girl Amber she was only like 18 months oh no she was she was um yeah 18 months and she was messing around in the backyard while I was like cleaning the place up to get it ready to go on the market for lease and I lost track of her for a little while, but the place is totally fenced. And I go outside to find her, and she's just talking to this little dead bird and playing with it. But talking to it, I thought she was talking to the dead bird, but who knows? I'm like, oh, great. Now you could get, you know, some terrible disease. Um, 
But we went, we left. I got the house on the market and I got all kinds of calls, but really strange calls, not normal calls. They were like, so tell me about the house. Um, anything ever happened up there that you want to disclose? I'm like, no. Uh, are you sure you don't want to disclose any type of violence? I'm like, no, I don't. Um, so that was one call, and he said, well, you better check into that, because you could get in big trouble for not disclosing things. Anyways, I was totally lost with that. Another guy, Kim, wanted to see it, um, but he wasn't looking at it like, oh, yeah, I could see myself here, you know, what's, what's the, what are the terms? He was just walking slowly in and out of the bedrooms, looking in the closet, like, it was the creepiest thing. So I couldn't make any sense of any of that. So one Sunday, I was sitting on the up desk at my real estate office. And Lester walks up and says, hey, what's going on? Have anything new on the market? And I said, yeah, I have a lease up on Alta Vista. Um, really cute little house. And he's like, what's the address? And I told him the address. And he's like, huh, hmm. Really? <laughs> and I said, yeah. He's like, uh, who owns that house? And I said, Granita. And he's like, Granita Howard? And I said, yeah. And he's like, Granita Howard the witch? And I said, well, she's a sweet lady. And he said, well, I used to work for her at her antique store. And she is a horrible woman. And my wife worked for her, and we both suffered verbal abuse from her all the time. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe there's something wrong with this guy, because this is the sweetest little woman I've ever met. Anyways, he continued to tell me that the house that I had up for lease had something terrible happen at it, and it was, um, you know, a ho horrific act of violence. He wouldn't tell me what it was. He asked me to do some research, and um, so that's that. And I went to Dan, and I said, Do you know anything about the house? Has Granita told you anything? And he said, No, not at all. So anyways, I continue on. I couldn't get the place leased. Nobody was interested, but had a lot of creepy showings continue. And... um. Dan comes home and says, I'm having trouble, and we owe a lot of money, and we're not going to be able to make ends meet here. We need to figure something out. I'm like, okay, news to me, great. So we were kind of in a pinch, and I said, let's just ask Granita if we can move up to this house and just do it now. It hasn't leased. It's close. We can figure stuff out and ask for a relief of the lease that we're in. So that's what we did. Um, we, we packed up and we were pretty excited and just said, let's just go, go for it. My first experience with Alta Vista was um, at best precarious. Um, my client had told me that she had this house and, and my wife and I were having a hard time she had told us that it was right up the street and I was like okay well alright let's look at it and it seemed like a, a viable option for us at the time 
So I was intrigued and I wanted to to take us up there because um, the house we are in, we just couldn't afford anymore and uh, things were not going as well as I had hoped. And I had two kids that uh, I needed to make sure that were happy wherever they were and I figured a pool and nice view and gated, it's just, it, it, it worked for us. So we went up and uh, we looked at it and I thought it was it was a great prospect for us. So we have this truck all packed up going up there. Um, my friend Richard was helping us move and my little boy Bradley gets jumps up in the truck and it's on a hill. Um, he gets in the driver's seat and just sits there, doesn't touch anything. The truck starts rolling down the hill and the door the passenger door is open and I'm just watching this happen in slow motion and that he probably would have just gone down the hill and crashed and died. Richard sees that happen and he runs across the yard jumps in headfirst to the car slams his hand down on the brake and saves Bradley's life So that was on the way up to the house. We get there, we unpack, um, settling in. This is all happening same day. We leave the house down that we were in just, you know, empty. And um, I am putting Amber to bed. She was under two years old and still going to bed early. Uh, Bradley was just messing around in the living room. And Dan was tooling around with whatever, you know, fixing stuff. So I'm putting her to bed. And she feels super hot to me and, like, sweating. And this came out of nowhere in her little room. And Bradley and Amber were going to share a room. So he was on the top bunk, she was on the bottom. And I'm just watching her, and she starts, like shivering and then going in and out of sleep and convulsing and like having a seizure seizure looking like she was having a seizure so I'm with her totally confused and worried and then she starts like jerking in her sleep like when you're having a dream and you feel like you're falling down a cliff and then you jerk awake She was doing these jerking movements, violent, but not waking up. So I took her into the living room and I said to Dan, I'm taking Amber to the ER right now. She has a terrible fever and she's sweating and she's convulsing. And he's like, uh, okay. And I was not gonna put up with any funny business with him saying, no, don't take her. So I just left. I drove her to the closest ER and um, we walked in and I looked around and there were a ton of people in there odd so I didn't want to wait so I just checked in on her a little bit her fever was totally gone and she was totally back to herself like singing and playing and nothing wrong with this kid at all no fever so I said I'm not gonna do this to her 
I'm going to not be here for hours. I'm just going to take her back. And we were exhausted because we had just moved that day. So I took her back home, put her to bed. Um, actually, I got in bed with her and I just was so tired that I fell asleep with her. And by that time, um, Bradley was up on the top bunk and everybody had gone, I thought, had gone to bed. But I was sleeping with Amber. And I heard the loudest footsteps I've ever heard. There's a hall that runs along the two bedrooms. And I heard, like, somebody stomping down the hall. And obviously, I just thought it was Dan going to bed. I'm like, what the hell? Why is he stomping like that? But I didn't really think much more of it. And I looked over at Amber and she was awake and sitting straight up in bed and just looking across the room into the corner. And I was like, hmm, I didn't know she was awake. What are you looking at? And she said, why is her here? And I'm like, who? And she said, that girl. And I was looking over like, what did she see? Books? There's just books over there. And then she says, why is her naked? And I was like, what is she? And that freaked me out. So I grabbed her, scooped her up, walked into our bedroom, which was just next door. And Dan was laying there asleep. So I'm like, okay, he got into bed really fast because I just heard him walking down the hall. So that was weird. Um, Amber, I had her, I was in the center. I mean, nothing felt right to me at all. I was so creeped out, but I didn't know why. I had no reason to really think. I had no reason to feel creeped out, but I was just totally creeped out. Um, Amber was laying on the side of the bed. I was in the middle. Dan was in the, on the side closest to the doorway and the light switch. So I probably laid there the entire night, stiff as a board, feeling horrible in my a horrible feeling in my stomach of fear but I had no idea why I felt that way I just did um I had the tv on because I could not close my eyes and I had my arm around Amber and she kept slipping down the bed and I kept pulling her up and she kept slipping down the bed and I kept pulling her up and I was thinking like why is she so squirmy like this and she wasn't really moving, but it was just happening. So I went to touch. I'm like, what is, is she? It, does she have a blanket stuck around her foot or what? Why does she keep getting pulled down? So I reached down to put my hand to feel around her foot. And I felt like air tap, like rapidly fast tapping at my fingers. And I pulled them back up. And it totally freaked me out. And I moved her very quickly into the middle of the bed. And then I squeezed over and we were like sardines. And I was trying to stay away from the edge because I couldn't make sense of it. But it was definitely freaking me out. But, you know, I, w I wasn't still thinking, oh, it's something grabbing her foot. But it definitely felt that way. So she was in the middle. Um, everything was quiet. I think I turned off the TV finally and I was just like get the F to bed or go to sleep so I'm laying there 
I hear a sweeping loud wind just come up the canyon and like hit the back of the house. And our bedroom faced this like canyon and the dog and the cat jumped up instantly and ran straight for the back door. And then they started barking, barking, and the cat ran out there. And I thought, I'm like, what the hell? What did, what just happened? So I'm listening, and they're barking in the back. And it just didn't feel right in that room at the moment. But uh, I looked over at Amber, and I could see her eyes were open, and she was staring at something in front of her. And there's nothing there. And I'm looking at Amber. And I'm looking up. Amber, up. Amber, up. There's nothing there. But her eyes are suddenly feeling like she's squeezing her eyes like she's trying to make out what she sees. And um, then this look of terror started to come up into her eyes. And then she started whimpering. And I said, Dan, turn on the light. Like that. And he's like, What? And he turned on the light. And Amber looks directly at the door. And her eyes fill with horror and terror. And she starts watching nothing move across the room. Like her head goes from the door, moves to the closet, moves over to the TV. And there's nothing there. I'm watching the whole thing happen. And then she screams, this 18-month-old baby screams the scariest scream I've ever heard in my life. It's a shrieking scream of terror. And she dives into the bed and covers her head. And I pick her up and I put her head to my chest and she's stuck to me like she just latched onto me and held on to me tighter than I've ever had anyone hold on to me. And I couldn't even get her off of me. She was like latched on. And so I ran out of the room, I grabbed my keys. I left Bradley on the top bunk and I I was like screaming, I'm getting out of here. I'm going down and I'm taking her to the old house. So I jump in the car. as I'm well, as I was running out the door, uh, all this wind was like was swirling around me, and it was very windy out of nowhere. It wasn't a windy day, so I get in the car and I could just feel something staring at me in the rearview mirror. Amber was still clutched to me, like stuck to me, like tape, and so I drove. I was going to drive down with her on my lap like that. Then I see Dan and Bradley running after us. So I said, get in. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. And they got in. And I was driving down the windy road. And I could feel something in the car with us. And it it was unmistakable. Um, He's like, Dan's like, what happened? What happened? And I was trying to explain, but I was so like my I was shaking so bad from what I saw I couldn't really explain so we get to the other house we all sleep on the couches 
um, in the living room, and I kept looking over at Amber, and she would be asleep, and then she would open her eyes and do the exact same thing she did in the bed. She would, like, stare and, like, try to figure out what she was seeing, and then she would start whimpering and crying, and so I would just cover her eyes and hold her tight. So whatever was up there followed her down and was terrorizing her. So the, I think it was maybe the second night that we were there, moving in our, you know, we our stuff was in, and and my daughter had a a bad fever, and um, it was very, uh, I I I I don't even know how to relate to what what was going on, and this this there was like this weird thing in the air. And my daughter had this fever, and she was, for lack of a better term, she was hallucinating. And um, it was very, very scary to both of us, my 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 wife and I. And um, we didn't really know what to make of it. And. I had be well, I had been remiss in, in telling my wife that uh, there had been uh, an episode in this house with uh, Richard Ramirez. This has been our first episode of Ghosts. I'm Braden Speakman, and I want to thank you for listening. Keep an eye out for part two, which will be released in the coming weeks. If you enjoyed, please subscribe or give us a review. We would appreciate it. If you would like to tell a story of your own and be on the show, you can submit your story to us at ghostspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at ghostpodcastofficial. Until next time, goodbye.